Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of the Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you doing out there? We are so happy that you have chosen to listen today. I am super excited about this content. I may preach about it for the next 10 years. But this is for you today who who tragedy has just struck. And I mean, it was sudden. It was unexpected. It was boom. There it is. You're facing a tragedy. We are going to talk about just in the in the few minutes that we have today, three different human responses that we have to tragedy based on scripture and and how we need to combat those responses It's going to be really powerful. We're going to talk about the death of Lazarus and hopefully we'll put a little different spin on it. Maybe you haven't heard this today, but thank you for listening. Thank you for, uh, you know, just being faithful. We've heard from a lot of you guys uh, recently and man, we are so grateful that y'all are reaching out. Keep reaching out. Um, You can go to autumnmiles.com. We're starting something new. It's going to be super exciting. Uh, We want you guys to get updates about what we're doing in our ministry. You can go to autumnmiles.com and really just enter your email in. We, we, a lot of people want to know a lot and um, we want to give out the information that people are wanting to know about the show and about uh, the ministry and, you know, where I'm traveling, what we're doing, um, things like that. Uh, so we want you to get involved. I also want to personally invite you um, September 21st, September 21st, I will be speaking at the Laughing Willow with our society groups with the ministry. I founded a ministry in 2010 called the Blush Network, and the Blush Network does events um, to spiritually challenge the way women think. So we are having an event September 21st. It will be at the Laughing Willow. Starts at 7 o'clock. And... um, you know, the Laughing Willow, they're like second family to me. We love them over there. It's in Bishop Arts. Small room, limited seating. Let me just say that again. Limited seating. We've had people come that have had to sit on the floor. People have been turned away. We don't want that to happen. Um, but look us up on uh, Facebook, Autumn Miles, and reply RSVP to the event so we know that you're coming. Um, and so you won't be one of those people that don't have a seat because that's not okay. We want you guys to come. Uh, Laughing Willow, September 21st. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there. I want to meet you guys. Um, if tragedy has just struck, I, uh, I know the feeling we've, uh, we've definitely had tragedy strike our family, um, and multiple different times. And, um, I want to take just a nod from, uh, the story of Lazarus today It is just so, it was so life giving to me, uh, very recently about just some things that my personal family was going through. I want you to push through today a human response that we may talk about um, because God is about doing what we cannot calculate, what we cannot predict. He is about doing um, the miraculous and the impossible for you. That's what our God does. Our God, yes, he wakes us up every morning. He allows us to go to our jobs. He allows us to 
you know, do, do the different things that we choose to do in our life. But there is an element of God that if you are listening and you have not tapped into just the supernatural things that he can do on your behalf, you're really, really, really missing out. You can be a Christian and live a life and never see a miracle. And if if that is you today and you've never seen something supernatural or miracle or anything like that happen in your life, you may be listening to this uh, radio program today doubting what I'm saying because you're like, God doesn't do that. He doesn't operate like that. Well, my life story says differently. I, uh, uh, I interviewed a lady. She'll be on the air um, soon about, about her daughter and miracle that happened there. I was just talking to Dan. Dan's going to be on our show here next week talking about um, something miraculous that God did his life. Miracles are around us and they are authored by the God of miracles, the God where nothing is impossible to him, that God that wants to continually blow our mind. I don't care if you're 60 years old out there and you've lived a lot of life and you've seen a lot of things. God still wants to blow your mind. He wants to do the impossible through you and for you. No matter what you face. No matter what tragedy strikes. Uh, Let's go to the scripture. John 11 says this. And now a certain man was sick, Lazarus. Don't turn off the radio, guys. Uh, This is hopefully going to be a fresh perspective for you. Lazarus of Bethany. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. I could go on and on about the ointment and the wiping and how Judas didn't want her to waste the perfume, but I won't. I'll save that for another show. So the sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. I want to pause here for a second. How many of you right now are sending word to the Lord saying, Lord, He who you love is sick. He who you love was just diagnosed with something. He who you love, she who you love, your daughter, your son, your child is sick. How many of you today are are, are seeking the Lord, requesting the Lord, begging the Lord, interceding on someone's behalf and saying, he who you love is sick? Man, we do that. Oh my goodness. Every time we are tragedy strikes. But when Jesus heard this, he said, this was his response to that plea. The sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified. Now, what is his immediate response to that? They're saying he who you love is sick, Lord. And, and Jesus already knows about the situation that they're going to. But this was his response. We have to listen to what God says. He says the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of the Lord. I'm telling you right now, Mary and Martha had no idea what was up Jesus's sleeve um, to enhance and reveal the glory of the Lord. All they could think about was our brother is sick and Jesus is the one that can touch his body. Jesus wasn't about their agenda. He was about his agenda. Now, Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. This is uh, John eleven five. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Unfathomable 
the great healer who knows of the severity of the sickness of Lazarus detained himself before heading to Bethany. Unfathomable, offensive, right? I don't know. Let's keep reading. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Ah, He detained himself two days. We think sometimes he detains himself. He is he is um, not listening. He is not engaged. He does not know our situation, but he had to detain himself two days. Why? So that the glory of the Lord would be revealed through the life of Lazarus. He had to detain himself. He had to. When the Lord in your situation detains himself, man, we don't deal well with that. But in this situation, it was a must. So that the gospel of Jesus could be enhanced. The glory of the father could be shown People's eyes could be open to the truth that Jesus was, in fact, the son of God. Then verse seven. After this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now, Jesus had just escaped them trying to kill him in Judea. And his disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and you're going there again. Um, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Um, it's crazy. It's 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 it shows Jesus' bravery right here. Of course, he knew that his time was in the Lord's hand. And he was going to go to the cross, and that was going to be his purpose fulfilled. Um, but Jesus goes into danger for us. He, he's not scared. He's not scared of the intimidating people that are against you. He's not scared of that doctor's report. He's not scared um, of of whatever it is that the bankruptcy that's come against you. He's not scared of any of that. He's not scared of the fact that you just lost your job. He's not scared of the fact that your husband or wife just filed for divorce. He's not scared of that. He's not smaller than the tragedy. He's greater than the tragedy. And though he may detain himself two days longer and though he may wait two days longer, he's waiting because this is the reason. What did he tell Mary and Martha? He told them very plainly, um, the sickness is not to end in death, but the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified. He may have detained himself so that the glory of God may be shown more miraculously in your situation. He goes in to the intimidating circumstance for you. Sometimes God allows it to get incredibly bleak so that his ultimate purpose, the miraculous, can and will be fulfilled only because of him, not because of you. How sometimes we try to take credit for what God does um, Sometimes he lets it get bleak because he wants to show you and those around you who he actually is. Verse 11, then he said, 
And after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him from sleep. Talking to his disciples as he's decided to turn around. Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I go that I may awaken him from sleep. This is this is the first response that we must combat the first response that is absolutely ridiculous that when tragedy strikes we respond this way okay he says our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep verse 12 then the disciples said to him Lord if he has fallen asleep he will recover now Jesus had spoken of his death But they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. So then Jesus said plainly, Lazarus is dead. I want to hang on this one response for a second. Sometimes when tragedy spikes, uh, 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 strikes, the Lord will speak to us. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep and we misinterpret what he says. I'm going to say that again. When tragedy strikes, God is speaking because he wants to tell, he wants to encourage us. He wants to give us a verse. He wants to um, encourage our hearts. He wants to tell us, listen, this is not the end. He wants to do those things for us. Um, But when he speaks, we're so caught up in emotion, um, maybe too much emotion or maybe not enough emotion um, that we misinterpret what he says. I hear this all time. All the time, weekly, daily, sometimes uh, from from you guys out there that are listening and those that follow on social media and stuff like that. This is for the person that says I uh, the single person that thought I, I, I thought this one was the one I thought this man was the one. God told me, I thought God told me that this was the man that I was supposed to marry. God told me that this was the woman that I was supposed to marry. And then they break up with you or they're morally, they fall apart and you need to break up with them. And you start believing that God is not who he says he was, or he, he won't do what he says he was going to do because you misinterpreted what he said from the beginning. The disciples looked at him and they thought that Jesus was talking about Lazarus falling asleep. And, 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 and that's not what he was saying at all. He was telling the disciples, Lazarus is dead. And we start questioning God based on our misinterpretation of what he says to us. God, I thought this one was the one. Well, no. God might have been saying, listen, I want you to... Um, I want you to wait for someone with godly qualities that maybe this person possesses, but this is not who I have secured for your future. This trips people up all the time. They misinterpret what God is saying to them. They, they um, begin to believe that God is saying what they want him to say, not what he is actually saying. In this instance, we must fight misinterpreting what God is saying to this. I feel like this is really reaching you today who are listening to the sound of my voice. Have you misinterpreted what God has said to you? And when the thing 
isn't doesn't work out when tragedy strikes you start doubting god when you just misinterpreted him from the beginning there are a couple ways to combat this number one you must know the word of god it is so incredibly easy to misinterpret what God says if your eyes and your heart and your um, your mind is not saturated with the word of truth. The word of truth is how you discern and interpret what God says correctly. If you're not in the word of God, how in the world do you expect to know, precious listener, the will of God for your life? The disciples misinterpreted because they weren't listening. They weren't understanding. They didn't have the insight, but we have the insight of God's literal word on our shelves, on our desks, in our homes that we can open up and and be connected with his um, word that way. Number one, they misinterpreted what God said. Have you misinterpreted today? Are you falling away from the Lord because you t- Jesus tried to tell you something and you didn't understand it. Jesus came and he said very plainly, Lazarus is dead. I love that Jesus is like, okay, you big morons. Lazarus is dead. Let me say it super plainly for you. Lazarus is dead. And he's, he continues with this thought. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. So that you may believe, but let us go to him. Very interesting. I'm glad we weren't there. I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad we need to go to him, but I'm just telling you, you're about to see something that's going to blow your minds. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Therefore, Thomas, who was called Didymus, said to his disciples, let us go also so that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in a tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And Mary, many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. Verse 20, Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have not died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I'm getting to my second point. Martha said to her, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Response number two that we need to combat. Martha said, Lord. If you would have been here, he would not have died. The second response that, that makes us tremble, that gets us off track, is when our expectation of what God should do for us is lower than what he is going to do for us. Sometimes we think that... Um, Jesus coming in the the exact time that he got the the message that Lazarus was sick is the supreme um, thing that Jesus could have done for us. If Jesus would have been there, Lazarus wouldn't have never died. 
And our expectation of what God should do, God, you must heal. God, you must come through in this one area. God, you must do what I want you to do. We're almost trying to force God down to our level rather than raise our expectation of what he is going to do for us that is greater than what we are asking him to do. Uh, Martha um, was frustrated because of expectation. I wonder today if you have had an expectation of what you wanted God to do on your behalf, but he said no, because what he is going to do on your behalf supersedes what you could even dream. The second response is when our expectations are too low for our Jesus. There have been several times that I've been um, praying, you know, for God to do X. I, I, I remember I remember one time my husband and I were praying about this situation. We really, really wanted this particular opportunity. We thought, man, this is the supreme. God could not do any bigger than this. This must be God. This must be God. God must come through. And he didn't. He didn't. And we believed for a long time Um, God must come through. And then God started to change our hearts about our own prayer. And what God did in relation to that one ask on my husband and I's behalf was so much greater than what we had asked him for to begin with. Our expectation of how great and how good and how wonderful, um, It would have been for God just to answer what we were asking was so much lower than what God actually wanted to do on our behalf. I want you guys to understand that he is the God that that supersedes our expectation. If God doesn't do what you want him to do, trust that he is doing something better. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the son of God, even he who comes to the world, who comes into the world. And when she had said this, she called her sister Mary. And and I'm just going to kind of skip forward a little bit. They go to the tomb. And at the tomb, there's a lot of Jews standing around that are, are, are grieving for Lazarus. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also, Mary, weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And then Jesus said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Third response. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Third response, when God doesn't, when tragedy strikes, we doubt God's ability, which is exactly what these uh, Jews did. But some of them said, could this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Here he's going throughout all of the, the, the countryside, healing those who are sick, giving sight to the blind. Um, and here his best buddy, Lazarus, dies and he doesn't come through. And it's, people start to ask questions. Couldn't he have done this? 
well, he did that and he's not doing this. We begin to doubt his ability to work on our behalf. And this is what he does. So Jesus, again, being deeply moved, came to the tomb and Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased said, listen, it's been four days. He stinks. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone and Jesus raised his eyes to heaven. Father, thank you that you have heard me. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. For time, I just want to say this. I want you to remove that stone of response of lack of faith. When God is working on your behalf and his ways are greater than yours. You're going to have these three responses. You're going to misunderstand. Your expectation is going to be too low and you're going to start to doubt. That is a stone between you and the impossible that God wants to do on your behalf. What happened when he said, Lazarus, come forth? Homeboy came forth. And it did something to those Jews, to Mary and Martha, to his disciples that solidified that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior. And he wants to work in your life that same way. I want you to combat these three responses and believe that God is who he says he is. I'll see you guys tomorrow right back here on The Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for The Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.